Well, today we're going to be looking at loving our elderly neighbor. And one of the things that is a beautiful thing to acknowledge as we read through Genesis is that God created time before he created us. God created us to age. Now, what happens with aging now as a result of the fall is that it's maybe not the nice experience that it was created to be. But we were actually created to age. Just a few little stats uh, in relation to our situation in Australia. Just over half of older people in residential aged care are estimated to be living with depression. Up to 40% of people in aged care homes do not receive any visitors. Over 65s made up 17.5% of the population in 2018, and the number of older Australians is expected to double by 2055. And over the past two decades, the number of people aged 85 years and over increased by 125% compared with the total population growth of 34%. I have several of my residents who are over 100. I have to say, they're actually the most active and engaged of all my residents. <laughs> so God willing, we'll all get old. But some of you may be caring for elderly parents, and you might be experiencing some of the challenges up here. I find it fascinating that Mother Teresa, who had such an intense experience of extreme poverty, said, loneliness and the feeling of being unwanted is the most terrible type of poverty. Older adults often live in isolation and may be struggling with the death of a lifelong husband or wife or with the grief of losing other close family or friends. Research has shown that bereavement is disproportionately experienced by older adults and can often trigger physical or mental health illnesses like major depression and complicated grief. With children often far from home, parents and grandparents can be left miles away, craving the love and human connection family visitation brings. Being in a situation where your friends are dying and talking about or responding to death becomes a significant component of your daily life, well, this can sometimes heighten anxiety about your own death. Some people are uncertain about what happens when they die. Some people don't want to contemplate the fact that they will die. Some people are scared about how death might occur. And the older you get, the more inevitable death becomes. For those of you who might have watched uh, young people, uh, old people's home for four-year-olds, Eric, who was one of the older people on that show, he didn't want to be active because he was scared of falling, with the belief that if he fell, it would inevitably lead to his death. So his fear of dying led him to be less engaged with living. <coughs> Regrets in life can include no children, relationships not pursued or broken, not having achieved things that a person feels are important. 
being cared for rather than caring for others can be a difficult transition to make. Unable to leave home or a nursing home can mean that engagement with other sections of society is limited. There's a reduction in the opportunity to serve others. Thoughts of, I'm obsolete, or what use am I to anyone can become dominant. And aging can also present transitions that are difficult to cope with. Approximately 80% of older adults live with a chronic disease such as arthritis, diabetes, and high blood pressure. And 77% have at least two of those. And of course, those who are on their own may not have sufficient superannuation. They may live longer than they anticipated and be forced to move accommodation, which is distressing and unsettling. So what does the Bible say about aging? Well, quite a lot, actually. <laughs> but the Bible is realistic, and I'm not going to go through all of those passages on the screen, but the Bible is realistic in its portrayal of old age. It's positive in its attitude towards the value of old age, and it's specific in its commands concerning how older people should live and how the elderly should be treated. Older persons are to be respected cared for, and loved as human beings. We heard this in our reading from Isaiah, that God will not forsake the elderly. We are not abandoned by God as our bodies start to give out on us. There's an author, Tim Challies, who has written a book called Aging Gracefully, and he reflects um, this in a really helpful way uh, as he thinks through the sorrows and joys of aging. So we see sorrow in seeing our bodies weaken and decay. We can be weary, as Ecclesiastes 1 verse 8 says, all things are wearisome. More than one can say, the eye never has enough of seeing, nor the ear its fill of hearing. The world is stained by sin and its consequences, and we grieve for the world. We reap what we sow. Galatians 6 verse 7 says, A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. So if we sow fraud, we reap imprisonment. If we sow discord, we reap loneliness. Part of the sorrow of aging, as we've mentioned, is uh, the sorrow of knowing that we're closer to death now than we were before. And we mourn friends who have died. And we fear losing our independence. We fear death and we fear being alone. And these sorrows exist because we live in a broken and fallen world. But Christ was the man of sorrows. He experienced weakness, weariness, fear, and the inevitability of death's approach. And then he died. But he rose again. 
And he paid the price for sin. And he gave us the hope of life renewed, restored, and eternal. Because of God's grace, these sorrows of aging are not what they might have been without him. Because as the sorrows of aging come through our experience of the sinful world, so the joys of aging come through our experience of God's grace, through the hope that he has given us in Christ. Job 12.12 says, Is not wisdom found among the aged? Does not long life bring understanding? And in Proverbs 1.7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. As we grow older, we have years to meditate on God's word. We also have near years of growing nearer to God, drawing towards him. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18 says, Therefore do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. We experience God's renewal day by day. And respect for the aged is closely aligned with respect for God. Honor your father and mother. And Leviticus 19.32, we heard a bit from Leviticus earlier. Stand up in the presence of the aged. Show respect for the elderly and revere your God. Respect in words and actions. There's the sorrow of reaping, but there's also a joy of reaping because that verse from Galatians said that whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. We get to see God at work through our time of aging. And we know that death is but the opportunity to be more fully in God's presence. So God is faithful to, pro to provide what he has promised. And to live our most meaningful lives, lives that glorify God, we must age in Christ. Aging in Christ will not remove all the sorrows, but it will add the joys. And Isaiah, the passage that we read um, earlier, that God was telling his people that he would restore them. And his words are also true for us today. Irene was 85, a widow living in residential aged care. When asked if she fears aging, Irene replies, I have no fears for the future. I find life very rewarding. I love my life. And one of the key reasons for this, Irene says, is her Christian faith, which gives me a hope for the future. She adds, and one day, when God feels it's right for me, he will take me home. Sonia was in her 80s a widow living in residential aged care, and her son in his early 60s was diagnosed with dementia. He subsequently died, and she therefore had to attend her son's funeral after losing him over time through the dementia. 
Whilst not a Christian, this experience prompted Sylvia uh, to seek comfort from God. Hundred and ninety one thousand people lived in residential aged care in twenty twenty one. And at least eighty thousand of those residents did not have access to spiritual or pastoral care. At least. I reckon it's considerably more than that. So what can we do? What can churches do? Well, Ilsa Hampton, who was the former CEO of Meaningful Aging Australia said, when it's at its best, the church is an intergenerational family and has a huge opportunity to lead in linking the generations. What would happen if every church in Australia set up an intergenerational playgroup, either under their own roof for people in the community or with their local aged care provider? Well, I love, I've, I've had this quote, been talking about it for the last uh, three years. I love that you guys are actually planning to do this. Um, and that is such an encouragement and will benefit both the children and the residents of the aged care facility across the road. So this is just a wonderful thing that you've, I think you've already had one trip across um, with the playgroup, and that's just a fantastic thing. Um, and as a church, you're, you're continually building intentional relationships with the staff and residents uh, across the road at Brotherhood of St. Lawrence, and that's fantastic um, because they're right there, and they're easy to relate to um, and to get to and access. Um, I mentioned before young uh, old people's home for four-year-olds, which I hope people have seen, and if not, please do. Um, there's also old people's home for teenagers, and the next series for that, a little promo for ABC, um, is that it starts on Tuesday the 3rd of October. And I really encourage you to watch these programs because they show ways of interacting uh, with people who are older, um, they show the possibilities uh, of building relationship, and they show the benefit of that too, uh, both for those who seek to engage with the older people on these programs, but also for those older people themselves. So there's, there's benefit all around, um, and it's really, really encouraging to see the impact, particularly, I actually think the Teenagers series is better, because the impact is so significant. Um, in how uh, the, the teenagers' lives are, are really changed for good uh, in relating to their elders. So what can I do? Well, for those who are teenagers or who have, or who have teenagers, um, you have to do community service. Maybe you could do community service in an aged care facility um, and spend that time actually relating and spending time with the residents. Maybe we could each decide to spend an hour a month at the Brotherhood of St. Lawrence um, and connect and build a relationship with maybe one or two residents. Um, maybe uh, you could check in with your elderly neighbor 
um, as it's not just people who live in aged care who don't get visitors. Uh, it's often people who are living on their own in our community. And that was particularly evident during lockdowns. Um, but also just that sense of as you get older, your world gets smaller. Um, you're not necessarily able to be as active as you once were. And so the world actually needs to come to you rather than you necessarily going out to the world. Um, you can pray for the residents at Brotherhood of St. Lawrence and the elderly in your community. And pray for ways in which you and others can connect with them. Uh, sharing life with them. But you say to me, well, how? This is, you know, this is a bit daunting. Um, this is a bit struggling. I can't just, you know, go in and start relating to someone. What if they've got dementia? What if uh, it's, it's really tricky and they raise things that uh, I might find difficult to talk about? Be yourself. That's all we're called to be. And as we are ourselves, we are as Christ to those with whom we engage. We might not always be able to, because of the situation of um, engaging with vulnerable people, and as we go in as visitors, we're in a position of power. We might not be able to directly share our faith, but we can always answer questions. And people ask questions. And they want to know, and they want to see why it is that we've decided to give up our time to come and spend time with them. People with dementia are still created. They're still people that are created in the image of God. Even though their cognition is changing and they may not be the same as the person they were before, they're still created in his image. And so if you're connecting with someone who's maybe nonverbal, who can't have a conversation with you, just hold their hand and tell them about your garden. Maybe show them some pictures. Go for a walk in the garden if they're mobile. People with dementia might not remember that you have visited, but they will remember how they feel after you have visited. And that is so significant and just makes that feeling can go on for a considerable amount of time. And everyone has a story. And it's a delight to hear other people's stories. And it validates them and enables them to be heard. And through the hope that we have in Christ, we can see the sorrows of aging but we can also see the joys of aging and help others to see those joys and not always focus on the sorrows. We're all called to love our neighbor. Who is your neighbor? Who is God calling you to connect with, to share his love with? Throughout this series, I'd encourage you to pray for God to reveal to you who your neighbor is. And if it's not clear, then spend time with God, getting to know him much better, deepening your relationship with him, that he might enable you to love others as he does. Now, you might be time poor, but even one hour a month, with an elderly person will make a massive difference to their life. 
and you will find yourself richer for the experience as you will receive tenfold what you put in as you see God at work in people's lives. For God says, even to your old age, I am he. Even when you turn gray, I will carry you. I have made and I will bear. I will carry and will save. Well, let's pray. Loving and gracious God, we thank you that you have created us in your image. Thank you that as we love you, you enable us to love others. Please give us courage to reach out and to delight in our relationships with others. Thank you for our elderly neighbors, for the richness of their experience. May we learn from them and listen deeply to their stories. Above all, may we love you with our whole heart and soul and mind. And we pray this in the name of Christ, through whom you showed your immeasurable love. Amen.